welcome back to this newest episode of Riding the Wall. Um, I'm Chad, got my boy Justin here. We're riding that wall, gonna do it again, yep. you know. Um, did you watch Texas? I did not. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a pretty good race. Yeah, I mean, I've it was. I've seen a lot of the headlines. And it was news. survival mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you know when the when the race came on, it said they were. It showed Kevin. I think it was Harvick that had a temperature there, right, right on his seat. That showed the uh, temperature in the car, and before the race, it said 114. And I think um, as the race started, it went up pretty quick to like 125, 126, something like that. And then uh, B.J. McLeod said his uh, cooling suit that he was wearing stopped working. So. Ain't good. No, it was not good. <laughs> why, don't, why don't they just turn their AC on? I don't know. I don't know. Just roll the window down. You know the old school, the old school AC. The, two, the 255 yeah. air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they were all out of that, but surprisingly, I thought for sure as hot as it was, BJ was gonna, you know, I mean he's not he's not racing for a well, championship. Well, you or, think the you think the heat is. What caused so many problems down there with the tires? Because I, mean, I think so. From what I did see of it, you know, from the headlines and the highlights, it seemed like these really, really good drivers were having a hard time keeping them tires under them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Larson loses your loses the car. There's something up. Yeah. Him and Kyle Busch both. I mean, that's two yeah. of the best wheelmen in the in the world. And yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the drivers were saying pretty early on it was pretty sketchy. The track had no grip in the turns, and, and I can uh, imagine. But. They didn't really say it was heat related. Well, they didn't really say it was tires, or they didn't really say it was the track grip. They just it. They just they had issues. I mean, I, I'm figure it was the heat. Yeah. In the tires, I'm figuring it was the tires is what I'm going off of. But um, yeah, it, was, it took them a little while, and they they finally figured it out. It got sorted out, but it every so often there was always that one that just kept going out, going out, yeah. hitting the wall. But you'll have that. Yeah. I mean, it made it it made it pretty exciting because it's like, who's next? Which well, I mean, you can't pass. So I mean, there's only one way cars are moving up. Yeah. So congrats to William Byron on the sixth win of the season. I'll yeah, he's, him, man, that's awesome. He's doing pretty good. I'm not a Chevy guy, but man, I'm, I'm dude. Dude's showing what he's got. You know, he, he this this style of car is his style of car. Yeah. So well, I'm not I'm not a William Byron fan. And I'm not really a Hendrick guy, me but you know, you know I mean, that, they they got it going on right now. As yeah. far as Byron's team, they figured something out. Yeah, you know? well, they figured out how to survive. He was nowhere in the picture almost all day, and then right there at the end, there he is. Back you know. keeping the tires cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there was uh, there was one thing that happened that I was hoping that would get a little bit more airtime after after the race, and if it if anything came out of it, I never seen it, which is kind of disappointing for me. But they were coming out of the pits. Green. I don't know. I don't think it was green flag pit stops. I could be wrong. I don't remember. But um, Denny Hamlin was coming out of the pits, and he was running up front. You know, the Toyotas were fast as we thought they would be. But uh, he was coming. He was coming out of the pits, and he was in the. He wasn't to the far outside, but he was like right in the middle, and then Ty Gibbs. Hold on, I'm getting this all wrong. I'm getting all wrong. <laughs> hey, I'm happy. It's Ty happy. Gibbs was coming out of the pits, and Denny Hamlin was coming out. It's been a week. Hold on. Because, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm right. Ty Gibbs was coming out of the pits, and Denny Hamlin was coming out of his pit stall. And when they showed it from straight on in the pit road, you could see Ty Gibbs was just kind of like drifting towards... He was drifting to the inside. To the bays? Yeah. So they were both on pit road. Yes, they were both on pit road, and Ty Gibbs was already done, and he was coming out. Okay. Okay. So he should have been all the way out against the wall. Yes, but he was like drifting. It's like he was texting or something. You know, he was just kind of drifting. And Denny Hamlin goes to come out. Well, he had plenty of room if, if Ty Gibbs was doing what he was supposed to be doing. But as he was drifting, he wasn't paying no attention, and he just hit Denny Hamlin right in the passenger door. I mean, it was a hard hit. It it knocked a hole in Denny Hamlin's car. That's how hard it hit. But, I mean, it didn't Grandpa, affect him. Grandpa's paying for it. So. Yeah, Grandpa's paying for it. But it didn't affect Denny. I thought it would. The arrow, you know, I thought it would just upset the arrow on the car. But he, he made it, it work. Was, maybe but. it's one of them things where, you know, I mean, putting a hole in that passenger door like that's going to kick more air up to that front right wheel. It could. It will. Yeah. I'm I mean, an aerodynamic genius. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what it did, what like it didn't do. A fart around a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt that. Yeah. I mean, well, I told you about the bank. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, I that's remember about aerodynamics. If if nothing is, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I learned how to. Uh, I learned how to cup a fart yeah. from you, like with the hat. Right. I mean, I mean, cupping ain't that bad, but. Taking a hat and moving it like you know to another room and throwing it on somebody. I learned how to do that from you. So yeah, it works. It, it does work. Yeah, I was yeah, I was surprised, but it, it does work. But Texas was a it was it's an interesting way. Earlier is what you said. Oh yeah. Well, for for my fantasy reasons, fantasy standings, it was a, it was just an emotional roller coaster because I had picked Blaney. He didn't qualify well. He was back there with Ty Dillon, Corey LaJoy, which made me nervous to start the race, you know. And um, as soon as the race started, the announcers were talking about how Ryan Blaney has a problem. Well, that just figures because I picked him, you know. But then um, he struggled for a while, and then they started doing green flag pit stops. And, and most of the of the um, drivers came in, and Reddick was leading the race at the time. He came in to make his green flag pit stop, and somebody spun out. Well, Blaney was one of the seven or eight drivers that stayed out, so he got moved up to the front he was in the top five and he stayed there most of the day even though he kept complaining that his car sucked and he couldn't drive it and it was pushing it was well, loose it and all like this it stuff was a problem with everybody not just blaney right you know, so. right but he was a little bit more vocal about it i guess but um <clears throat> he was he was up there around the top five most of the day after that so he caught a lucky break with that that pit stop so then it was just a matter of me watching everybody else's pick kind of fall out and uh, and then towards the end on uh, a pit flag, a uh, pit stop. I don't. I think it was a yellow flag pit stop, but uh, Blaney ended up getting a, a speeding penalty, which put him in the back. And then somebody hit the wall, and it was a big wreck. And Blaney was caught up in it, so he don't have nobody to blame but himself. Because had he not got that pit, that speeding penalty, yep. he would have been up towards the front. And he would have, yeah. You know, he ain't nobody to blame but himself. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was. It was emotional just for the fantasy standings, but now we're gonna have another emotional roller coaster oh, of a day because yeah. Talladega's <laughs> coming here. right up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And but, but you know, I mean, it's a uh, Talladega. You know, we've talked 
even personally, we've talked about Talladega for years, but even on the podcast, you know, it's it's not unknown knowledge that Talladega is one of our favorite races. Mm-hmm. And we had the spring Talladega race, and so excited about that when everything, and it, it wasn't a bad race, but just with these new-gen cars, you know, I, I think I mentioned it last week when we talked about our thoughts on Bristol, was my comment was I'm ready to get back to some cars that can pass. And mm-hmm. that was probably one of my biggest disappointments with Talladega this past spring was it was so much train racing, which is great. I love watching train racing. I like to see which pack could hold it tighter and move forward faster. And But you just don't see the passing. Like right. This year we haven't seen the passing. You know, and, I, and so it's kind of got me like, yeah, I still can't wait to watch Talladega, but I, I also hate to watch it just for the train racing when I know nobody's going to pass and watch a big, watch a big one happen. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I, I, would, I don't mind the train racing. I just wish they had maybe a little bit more room to do what they more wanted to do. To yes. Right. You know, I mean, when it was time, when it's time to go, you, you can make that move, you know, um. And we're going to see, we got Shake and Bake right there at the track this time. We've yes, got Ricky, did. Bobby, and Cal Naughton. So let's see if they can, you know, pull off the slingshot move. Yep. And see if they can even do it. But uh, Yeah, for you, for you that don't know, uh, Stuart Haas is doing the Talladega Knights paint schemes for two of their cars, the 41 and the 14. So yeah. Ryan Priest is going to be in the Wonder Bread car. And Chase Briscoe is going to be in the Old Spots car. That's, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it is know? pretty cool. I mean... I, I thought it would have been the other way around. I thought Briscoe would have been the the Ricky Bobby right. and Priest been Cal Naughton, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Um, they probably drew straws or something. Yeah, probably. Know. Well, Rochambeau for it. Right. So, I mean, I think Talladega is going to be exciting. What? Uh, I mean, as it always is, who do you think, what do you think is going to be some people to watch at Talladega? Well, and, and only one person in our league picked them, so this isn't about Fantasy League. But I I was almost, just because of my great run of bad luck that I've had the last eight races, I was thinking about changing up my strategy. Yeah? But I'm not, because I'm stubborn okay. like that. You right, know? right. That's just how I am. But I was thinking about changing it up and going with Chase Briscoe, just because he's, he's one of my dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I think I, I still think he'll be one to watch. Um, you know, it's one of them things. It's any Ford, any Chevy, any Toyota can win this race. It don't matter if it's BJ McLeod, if it's it don't it don't matter. Any one of any one of them thirty nine drivers can win mm-hmm. this race. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about these the Daytona Talladega because the Toyotas bring so much speed at most tracks and this one's no different <clears throat> you know the fords they haven't done anything this year but they are fast at these super speedways and the chevys are not very fast but they always seem to have that one car that one driver that slips in there and gets the win right. you know even though the toyotas and the fords are faster but but all three manufacturer all three drivers all three manufacturing teams their drivers are very good at sticking together. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that's really impressive with this this uh, roster of NASCAR drivers we have out here right now is, you know, personal bullshit aside, all these Ford guys are really good at sticking together. All these Chevy guys are really good at sticking together. And all these Toyota guys are really good at sticking sticking together. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's what it takes to win this race. You can't go out there and be the lone wolf and win this race. It ain't going to happen. You yeah. ain't going to have it. Your car ain't going to have it. Uh, so that's another thing that makes this interesting is, I mean, there might be personal drama between all 37, 38, 39 of these guys. We don't know it, but we don't know it because they're going out there and doing their job the way they should every Sunday. Right. So, Do you think, now back in the day we didn't see much of this, but um, do you think today there is repercussions or more repercussions to helping another manufacturer? Like, as far like, as if, Denny, him, like uh, if Denny uh, Hamlin jumps out front... And he's pushing, let's say Bubba. You know, he's pushing Bubba, which this isn't really a good example just because he's the car owner of Bubba. But, you know, let's say a Kyle Larson goes by and he's in that, he's in that fast groove and Denny sees that, hey, this is that's the groove that's going to get me to the front. And he jumps out and he, he gets behind Larson, gets around Bubba. You know, that's kind of looked at as helping the Chevy versus helping the, the Toyota. But it, it gets it gets him, it gets him closer to the front or possibly a chance to win. Do you I, think there's repercussions by Toyota on a Denny for not pushing that Toyota? No, no, I, I, I can't. I wouldn't say that because I, I I would say anybody even remotely involved in this sport knows that these drivers are going to go out there and they're going to try to win this race. Don't matter who's pushing them or who they're pushing, they're going to try to win this race. So. I think there's gonna. I think there's repercussions for not helping, not helping your manufacturer, your similar, your like manufacturer mm-hmm. in certain moments of that race. Um, if it's the last lap, I would have a different take on that than I would if it was lap 35. You know what I mean? What if you are CEO of Toyota, right? Yeah. And you are watching this race, and you see that that scenario play out, where if if Denny stayed behind Bubba, you might get a Toyota one-two finish. But with with Denny jumping up behind a Kyle Larson or somebody, and it, it benefits Denny in that moment towards the end, and and Denny still doesn't win the race. Maybe maybe Larson was able to hold him off Larson to win, and then Denny gets second. Gets second. If you're the CEO of Toyota, do you get fussy about that? What lap did it happen on 35 or the final Let's lap? Let's say four to go. Four to go. And this happens. That's still a couple of laps to, to, to play with, you know, your situation. I, I, would, I wouldn't be mad at Hamlin because now if I'm a dumbass, if, if I don't know anything about NASCAR, yeah, I'm going to be throwing a fit. But if I know anything remotely about NASCAR, <clears throat> I'm going to know, hey, we had a good day. This guy can't Denny Hamlin, and I'm not a big Denny Hamlin fan. I'm not. He's not one of my guys. But any one of those guys on that track would do what Denny did in that scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, he would he would follow that fast car to try to get his shot because you can't expect somebody that's done this their whole life. Their this this is their career. You can't expect them to turn that switch off 
in that moment to not go after the wind to push this car that's getting passed. But that's the old school way of thinking. The new school way of thinking, and this is from what I'm gathering, just from what I'm noticing and what I'm hearing and listening to all these interviews in different places and stuff, it I seems like the it, Toyota... Well, it, it, I don't look at it like he's pushing a Chevy. I look at it like he's going after a win himself. Yeah. You know, so... But I think where we're at in in our way of thinking about these and our way of looking at this, not not necessarily as fans because we have that same aspect or that way of, same way of thinking that you've got right now. I know I do. I think of it the same way. You know, I mean, I'm from the opening green flag. It's if I just, can jump out behind this Ford and gain a couple of spots, I'm going to do that. I don't right. care what's in front of me or who's in front of me. Right. Yeah. It's the the manufacturing side of the sport is only brought up in these super speedway races. It, it's not really, I mean, we all know that Toyota puts on, they sponsor NASCAR races. I mean, when we go to Bristol, it's Toyota everything everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, Ford and GM, they're the same way. They're They're... You go to Michigan to a race, you know, it's a, it's blown up up there too. Right. But these manufacturers, you know, it's, uh, it's only emphasized when we go to these super speedways like Daytona, but mainly Talladega, you know, when we, we show up at, you know, down there in middle of nowhere, Alabama for this Talladega race, that's when everybody starts talking about manufacturers. You know, and I mean, why it's important, all 36 races, it's only emphasized at these super speedways. Right. So I I think that's why, that's where the pressure comes from is, hey, let's, let's make the most of it right now while we've got a race where we can make a difference with the manufacturers is, Let me, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is the only time that the drivers can really help each other out for a certain manufacturer to win. Teamwork is going to be a lot more in the variable than what it would be at Bristol or Martinsville or Texas or Kansas or anything like that. Right. They're, they're going to be able to have a say-so in who they're pushing, who they're not pushing. So I, I agree with everything that you're saying right there. Um, it's one driver is not really going to determine um, the Ford, Chevy, Toyota outcome. It's going to be team. teamwork, yeah. Right. It's it, to, in order to make that teamwork happen. is only going to really apply with this type of car right. at, at these tracks like Talladega and Daytona. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they, one side of me looks at it like they emphasize too much on the manufacturer standpoint when we get to these races, but we're only at Talladega and Daytona four races a year, you know, so four out of the 36 races is really the only time this is going to matter. So, so maybe, maybe I'm, I'm wrong in saying that they're emphasizing too much on it because they only emphasize on it really I feel like a lot more at Talladega than they do at Daytona but and Michigan I think right just yeah. because it's their backyard yeah or Ford and Chevy anyway so maybe that's why I feel like they emphasize too much on it because 
you know, you hear about it every time we go to these tracks, but taking their side, I see why it's emphasized so much because it's only four, maybe five out of 36 races. Yeah. And I don't, I don't look at it as a fan from a fan standpoint. I mean, I can understand where Chevy, Ford, and Toyota all look at it every week as we want to get our car in the winter circle. That's, that's the game. But as far as it goes for me, I mean, I don't really care if I want the best driver to win. Now, let me ask you this. This just popped in my head and I don't Uh-oh. want to lose my track. Okay. I don't want to lose my track. Uh-huh. So who's your, who, who's your favorite driver right now? This this season or last season, I would have to say Larson. Right, so I know Larson is, mm-hmm. but your favorite all time driver is Dale Earnhardt Senior. Yes, and but you were more, you were more passionate. You were more stuck to Dale Earnhardt. You were more loyal to Dale Earnhardt Senior. Yes, because you, you. I mean, that's when you're. You, your emotions were developing. That's where your love of the sport was growing, you know, mm-hmm. so you was tried and true Dale Earnhardt, right? Right. If Dale Earnhardt, let's say in 1992, or no, let's say 93, let's go 93. Let's okay. give Jeff Gordon a year in the sport. Okay. If, if Dale Earnhardt would have changed to a Ford, would have you still been a loyal follower of Dale Earnhardt Sr.? Yes. Okay. Just I, because... Just because at that time, <clears throat> it didn't really matter if you were in a Ford, Chevy, a Dodge. At, you know, at that time, it was... Pontiac. Yeah, yeah, so many different things. It didn't really matter because the driver was able to put that car in the front. It didn't matter really what the aerodynamics was on that car. Um, a driver could make the right moves to get to the front. Would have you, you don't have that today. Would have you became a Ford fan... Over a Chevy fan, if Dale Earnhardt would have been in a Ford, probably not. Okay, it wouldn't. Have, and, it wouldn't have really mattered. And, and the reason, the reason my gears started turning on this, I mean, shit started going sideways up here in my head, you know. <laughs> but it's like you know, all of our listeners know that I'm I'm a tried and true Tony Stewart fan, mm-hmm. and Tony Stewart has been with Chevy, he's been with Toyota, he's been with Ford, you know, so. Why we was talking about manufacturers, that kind of got my gears up here going pretty hard, you know. So, I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm tried and true Tony Stewart. You know, I, I mean, NASCAR fans pick a driver and they stick to him. Mm-hmm. So, manufacturers, they play a huge part in our sport because, they, they, I mean, that's where a lot of the money comes from. They keep our sport alive with the fans. Now... I'm not going to go out there and be like, well, Tony's in a Chevy now. I'm not a Tony Stewart fan no more. I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. Because I'm I'm a fan of the driver, you know. And, you know, it it's a uh, Rusty Wallace. I was a big fan of Rusty Wallace. He was in Pontiac, Dodge, Ford, mm-hmm. you know. I mean. A good driver. Back in those days, a good driver can make any car fast. Exactly. And that that's. But also, <clears throat> like. You're a tried and true Chevy guy. I'm a tried and true Ford guy. Mm-hmm. That it does it does hit at your pride a little bit. You know what yes. I'm saying? And just talking about it hits <laughs> at your pride. I can tell you that. Uh-huh. And and I can see I can feel it hurting my pride a little bit. Being like, you know, 
Tony was in a Chevy once and it kind of made me throw up my mouth a little bit. But but I'm still that Tony Stewart guy. You I know? think that's when he got his most wins. No, it wasn't. No? Okay. None of his three championships. Okay. <laughs> and, and to your point, let's look at Kyle Busch. I was not a Kyle Busch fan cause, because he was in a Toyota. And it was a lot of his attitude. That, there you go. That's, that that was a lot of it. That's more me. Just being in a Toyota didn't really help his cause. But now that he's in a Chevy, he's got I'll a better attitude. Too. And he's got a better attitude. So it just it's not necessarily just the manufacturer. It's also his um, maturing in the sport. You know, like like this past week at Texas. He kept telling his crew, I've got a problem with my right front. Something feels funny. I don't know what it is. Something feels funny. He's they not said, a mechanic. No, yeah. exactly. He's just a driver. He's doing his job. His job is to relay what he feels, and that's what he was doing. And and they, the crew said, it doesn't look like it's down. It doesn't look like there's any problem. Hold on to it. We'll bring you in on this lap. And he was like three laps away from coming into the pits, and something happened, Bang and it. he went up and hit the wall. Well, the old Kyle Busch would have came in, blamed the whole crew, Blame Toyota, blame everybody. Just kicked his car on the way out. Been pissed <laughs> off during his interview. He was mad at the interview people, you know, and those kind of things. It was funny because I wasn't a fan of his back then because he was making himself look like an ass. But <clears throat> after he wrecked at Texas, his interview was totally different. He was, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't look like he was in a bad mood. He didn't push the blame. No, he didn't push the blame on anybody. He was like, we don't know what the problem was. You know, I mean, I hate it for the guys, this, this crew. You know, it, it was a totally different way of giving his interview with the same... Disappointment. The same, the same disappointment and the same outcome that could have happened last year that he would have been totally pissed off about. This time he was actually. I think last year he'd probably been smiling while he was saying it. I mean, he might have had a little smirk. Said, "Oh, this is a Toyota problem." <laughs> but uh, but you know what I'm saying? He had just a totally different a different outlook on it. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what he's got going on behind the scenes. As we we found out some stuff this week, but yeah. you know, he made a lot of money this week. He made a ton of money this week. Yeah, but the Toyota Kyle Busch would have had a totally different outlook on that than the Chevy Kyle Busch. Yep. And 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 that's with everybody in their everyday. It comes with age and maturity. And... That and and I think he's seen the writing on the wall at Toyota. And we've discussed this. He he wasn't really in a place that he was happy with, you know. And everybody, if you're not happy in your work environment, you're going to be a little more fussy. You're going to be a little more. Uh, your fuse is going to be a little bit shorter, you know. You're you're going to be quicker to get mad. But if you're in a place where you're completely happy, even when things go wrong, it's not a big deal. Right. Whatever. There's always tomorrow. Job. You yeah. did your job. I did my job, and we'll move on. And that's kind of what he was this week. And and you can tell he's just in a better place mentally. So. But yeah, I mean, but. Just Kyle Busch being in a Chevy. Makes me like him more. Yeah. A at least I don't feel bad pulling for him. Right. You know what I mean. Well, so. and you know, I've got I've got a group of. I, and I've always been like this since I started watching NASCAR. I've got a g group of drivers that are my group. You know, mm -hmm. that's my boys, you know. And right now it's Harvick. You know, he's I've been a Harvick fan for years. It's his last year. You know, my group is Harvick, Briscoe, Blaney. You know, and I like Brad and Busher. You know, I mean, it's not... 
ironic that they're all Ford guys, but right. it works out that way, you <laughs> just, know. Just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't become not a fan of any one of those guys if they went to a different manufacturer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I respect all the drivers out there on that, on that track every every Saturday and Sunday. And there are a few drivers out there that I root for just because of their driving style or their attitude outside the car. Even even yeah, there's like, ones that I don't like because of like their, Ryan Blaney too. I like Blaney. I'll root for Blaney anytime. You know, that's even though he's, he's number in a Ford. twelve. Yeah, well, I mean that, <laughs> that's what got me started liking the guy. But uh, you know, I watched his dad race. Yeah, I watched. Uh, oh, Dave. Mm-hmm. I watched his dad race NASCAR and dirt track in the sprint cars. So you know. Rooting for Ryan Blaney is not hard for me. It don't matter if he's in a Toyota or Ford or whatever he's in. You know, it, I'm going to root for the kid. But um, so, I, and like even Joey Logano, he's I hated changed. Lloyd. I just he's changed a little bit. Oh yeah, he's changed quite a bit. I just I never did. Brad like Joey Brad Logano. did too. Brad used to be a whiny ass bitch. You yeah. know, I mean, he really did. Oh, like yeah. he was a Ford guy, mm-hmm. and I was I drank Miller a lot. You know, and he was in a Ford, and I had I couldn't cheer for him. Because right. he was a he was a dick. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was just straight up bitch. You know, but now, you know, the past four or five years, I've really become a fan of him. Yeah. Same here. You know, and even with Logano, just because I might not pull for him in certain situations when they're on the track, but like when he's outside the track or he's outside the car, he seems like a down to earth guy. He's he's done his time, so he's not like well making sure he's got a job. My, my next big year. thing, to, my big hurdle with Logano getting over Logano is the whole Matt Kenseth thing okay. yeah. back at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. You know when Kenseth took him out. Yeah, he had it coming and he knew it, but and but what certified that for me was the fan reaction. Yeah, at the track. Yeah, that place went fucking nuts, <laughs> you know, but that's the kind of driver and that's the kind of racer. And that, that was the, that was just where Joey was at in that moment of time. Yeah. You know, every, everybody, not just every racer has got a bad moment in their life, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't hold that against him, but that's kind of the wound, the scar that I have from Joe at Logano was yeah. how he treated and how he did that whole situation. I don't think Kenseth did nothing wrong. No, I don't think. I, that, I, if I, that would have happened on a, that I mean, that happens every week on a Thursday, Friday night dirt track, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, but that one just happened to be in a national spotlight. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to happen. I mean, if you're going to be a hothead and you're going to think that you're the only one on the track, well, guess what? There's, there's more guys out there, there that there, think the same exact there thing. There is a racing culture that these drivers have to adapt to you know when you get these young hotheads these young guns that come in to the sport you know in their first four or five six years that think they're just i mean it's fine that if they go out there and dominate that's fine but there is a level of respect that these veteran drivers hold over you you know, and if you don't show that respect, you're gonna get you're gonna get handled, mm-hmm. and that's how Kansas handled it. <clears throat> and going back to what we were talking about just a second ago, with with you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Kyle Larson fan, but just what two years ago when he was 
just coming back into the sport from his year off. Um, he was going around to every local dirt track and just kicking everybody's ass. I was not a Kyle Larson fan of that. And back in the day when Tony Stewart was racing his late models and sprint cars at the local dirt tracks, I was not rooting for Tony Stewart. Now, when Tony Stewart ran NASCAR, I was a Tony Stewart fan, local local guy. You know, I'll always cheer for the local guys. Even if I'm not a big Chase Briscoe fan right now, I'm going to root for him because he's a local guy, right? I never cheered for Tony Stewart at the local dirt tracks. Even when I was in the pits racing my car at Brownstown, and Tony is parked right across the drive from me, sitting on his hauler. I'm not rooting for Tony Stewart. Why Just not? like I'm not rooting for I wasn't rooting for Kyle Larson a couple years ago when he was kicking everybody's ass in the dirt. But why not? Why? Because at that time Tony Stewart was making all kinds of money in NASCAR. Why is he coming to the local dirt track because just to he... take his three that just to take the three thousand dollars that these local guys are racing for every week to make a living? He's got more money and he knows what to do with. Why are you coming to pluck that? Ain't, ain't none of these guys doing it for money. They're doing it because it's in their DNA. But for, it him, it's the, it. but for him at that moment, and same with Kyle Larson, I'm putting them both in the same boat right here. It was for the love of the game. And I can appreciate that. Right. You know, because this is the roots that they fought hard they, and was successful in to move up to where they are now. And when I say where they are now, I'm talking about being in the in the Cup Series, right? These local guys out here are racing for $3,000 every week just to repair their cars just to get them back out next week or to put food on the table, you know, like the World of Outlaw guys. You know, so when Kyle Larson is going out kicking everybody's ass in a sprint car, to me, I felt like he's just taking money from someone else that, that needs it or is trying to make a living or trying to do the same that he did. Right, you know what but, I mean? I, but I look at it like... Bring it on, Larson and Stewart. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this professional. I'm gonna, but you, we, like we've already said, they're not doing it for the money. They're right, but they're doing it because it's, it's them. It's they, the love of the sport, right? And mm-hmm. you can't take, that. you can't take that out of them. You know, yeah. now these guys, hell, they, you know, you might show up and he might win three thousand dollars, and Larson be like, give it to the guy that came in fifth. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? That's my car number. Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. He don't need the money, and, but he's doing it to he's doing it because he loves it, and he's doing it to put the work in. He's doing it to get that much better. He's doing it to perfect his hone his skill. So I I, I can't I, I disagree with not being able to cheer for him because of that reason. I I, I can see what you're saying though. I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, but you know it's just one of the things you can't take that out of a driver. Right. You can't, you can't take it out of him. And my dad asked me the same thing because he was a big Kyle Larson fan when, when Larson was going. And yeah, still is. When he was going around the dirt, I mean, he's still going around the dirt tracks, but when I'm saying he was, well. Clint Boyer did yes. it. I mean, a bunch of them. You know, a lot of these guys <laughs> came from dirt. When, when in my mind, and I don't know if anybody will ever be able to change my mind, because I'll always pull for Kyle Larson. Like when we went to Brownstown this year and we seen Kyle Larson, and I was rooting for the guy. But at the same time, I'm rooting for him, but I don't want him to win. It's 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 weird. He don't, don't he know. don't need the money, but that team exactly. Might. Well, you know what I mean. His team don't. Why? I, I mean, don't, the, I don't the, think those team those don't. were blue collar guys out there changing his tires in between in races. You but know, who's we, paying them? Right, probably, probably Kyle Larson. You know, right? But so, I'm, I'm sure they're not making 
a hundred thousand dollars a year more than the guy in the you know than the guy in the next stall over. It just I don't know what it is. For some reason, if a NASCAR guy comes to the local track, I can't root for him to win. Now I'm I'm gonna be excited that he's there. I'm gonna be excited that just him being there put fifteen hundred more more uh, butts in the seats. You know I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to see them close up and see what they can do against just the everyday Joe. And, and that's that's what I like about the SRX Racing Series. Uh, Tony Stewart, Ray Evernham. They started this SRX series, which is very, very, very much in common with the old IROC series. Mm -hmm. Basically, they're taking, they got like, what, 15 races a year, something like that. They're taking 13 cars every week to a different track. And 12 of them are going to be fielded by people like Ryan Newman, Tony Stewart, uh, Clint Boyer. You know, there's going to be retired NASCAR drivers, retired IndyCar drivers, retired Formula drivers in these cars, in 12 of them. And then right. that then that, then that 13th car that they take is going to be the local favorite. They invite the local favorite or a local driver to race against them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fantastic because if, if I'm wanting to... I mean, how else can you, can you measure your, how good have I gotten in the last year the last five years the last eight years other than when i started i couldn't win a race on your normal thursday night brownstown but two years later i'm winning brownstown races and i just beat i came in fourth in the srx series when i got invited to race i just beat eight professional drivers yeah. I, i'm growing you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think that's awesome. And, and I, I mean, to me, I, I don't think, obviously they're not doing it for the money, mm -hmm. but it's, to me, it's just in them, but you know, I mean, you, you kind of look at it like a lot of these drivers now, Kyle Busch, um, he's probably the most famous one that have kids that are getting into carts now. You go to this go-kart track, this go-kart race, you know, do you root for Kyle Busch's kid or do you root against him because who his dad is? You know he's got, you know, well, the I'll most root, money. I'll, I'll root for Kyle Busch's kid because Kyle... But he's going to have more money than the other teams. You know that. That's true. I mean... <laughs> that's true. But if Kyle Busch was on the track, I can't really root for him. I like to see him. I like to see him in the local local tracks, but I can't root for him to win just because of that winner's check. He's collecting big checks on Sunday. He don't need to be right. collecting I mean, big checks. But why would you, why would you root for his kid at a cart race? Well, because if, his his if, kid hasn't his been kid in the don't cup need series. That, his kid don't need that money. No, the other kid, kids might. No, you know? his kid don't need that money. His kid needs the experience and right. the and the uh, and the, the just the going through the process of, of building himself. And he'll get there. I have no, I, I have no doubts in, yeah, in my I mean, mind of that. I mean, I think everybody knows what's coming with with Brexton, but right. I just can't. But I mean, that's, and those are goes, my and those are my two guys. You know, Kyle Busch and Kyle go, Larson. But that goes and even right Tony back, Stewart back that, in the day. That goes right back to me saying, you know, it's a money thing. You you didn't want to, you don't want to see Tony Stewart and Kyle Larson win these checks that these other guys probably need. Mm -hmm. How can you root for Brexton? 
when you know they're not going without missing a meal. No. You know, but these other these other parents and kids are out there hitting the circuit every week. Mm-hmm. They could probably use that money for yeah. their teams. You know, well, so. I mean, it would be like, how would you feel? Joe, that's that's a big problem of mine with Joe Lugano. How he came into the sport, he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't come up through the ranks. His dad's a billionaire or millionaire. His sister is an Olympic ice skater. You know, I mean, anything that they wanted to do, they got to do. Yeah. Joey wanted to be a dri- a NAS- a race car driver, so his dad took him to the number one racing school in America and put him paid for it, put him through it, and. He comes out and he gets a real good ride. Now he had to put the work in mm-hmm. to do it. If he went out there and crashed that car in racing school every week, he wouldn't have got a ride. Right. So I mean, he had to put some work in. But that was a big problem of mine was he didn't work his way up to the ranks. He didn't pay his dues. It was daddy's money. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's part of my issue with Logano right. early on. But I but I also look at Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney different. They're okay. both of their dads professional rice car drivers. Or Dale Jr. Right, Dale Jr. Mm-hmm. Brad Kozlowski. Bob Kozlowski, his dad was a race car driver. I look at every one of them four guys different. Yeah. But if Ryan Blaney came to came to Brownstown, I'd like to see him. I'm going to try and get his autograph. I'm going to say, hey, what's going on, bub? But I'm not going to root for him to win. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm not trying to change. I your just mind. can't do it. For I think we just saw opposite sides of the fence. Right, there. I get. It. I mean, we're gonna have that. Right. Like if you're trying to, like your son, gets into racing, right, and mm-hmm. and he's at like an entry level, or maybe he makes it up to a modified or a, a, a late model, and then, um, Kyle Larson comes to town, and you've got this big race coming up, and and. You've been working on the car with him, and he's been honing his skill. He's he's moving up, and he's getting towards the front of the pack, and he could, he's due to win one any time, right? And he's running up in the front, and then Kyle Larson beats him out, and your and your son finishes second. I'm gonna How are you going to make that feel? I'm, How are you going to feel about that? I'm going to give him a hug and say, you just got beat by a world champion. Don't cry over it. You know, you held, you, you took second place to a world champion. You took second place to a nascar champion how are you gonna be mad at that well i can see that i can see that outlook you know that's exactly how i'd handle it i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna ride him hard week in and week out but that's the week i'm gonna give him a hug and say bub i don't care how you did you just raced a nascar champion you can always say that you'll be able to tell your grandkids but if it wasn't for kyle larson coming down from the cup series four series is down your son would have won that race. Yeah. And he would have got $30,000 in a pocket. You'll win next week. He, Larson won't be here. I just I just have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard time with that. And I've got stories for about Tony Stewart yeah. as far as why. I'll pull, and I, I said it even back then, I'll pull for him every Sunday. Saturday night, I can't do it. Yeah. You know? And that's and there for a while he was coming to Brownstown quite often yeah. as late model. His just, dad was racing for a long time over. Mm-hmm. And there was even one interview, um, and this was years back. I don't I don't remember. It was early two thousands. He came to Brownstown, and he got beat. There was a guy up there named John Gill, who is local legend. Yeah, you know, I mean he, number seventy five. He was I don't know they called him the cowboy or something like that. I don't know I don't know John Gill personally, but. I remember watching. I've even got his diecast, but uh, John Gill just outraced Tony Stewart. Tony was doing everything he could. He couldn't catch him. 
and uh, and then they ran the Brickyard that year, and they interviewed Tony on TV, and they said, "What's your plans?" Blah blah blah. He said, I'm, "I think I'm gonna go back down here to to Brownstown and see if I can't beat John Gill this week." You know, and he did. He came back down to Brownstown. I think he ended up getting him that week. I don't think John was there, but I don't remember. But I think Tony ended up winning that second. But I mean, that's but, what uh, a that's what a that's what a diehard racer. <clears throat> they hold those losses so near, oh, yeah. dear to their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 almost like slapping their mom. You mm-hmm. know, and to get beat because they know how good they are, and they're doing everything. They're pulling everything out of their pocket they, that they can do to beat John Gill. Like he tried that night, and he couldn't do it. Right. You know, John was the better driver. John had the better car mm-hmm. that night. Right. So. You know, it'd be different if John Gill beat him in that race and Tony got out of his car and went over and punched him in the face just for beating him. You know what I'm saying? That that I got a problem with that. Yeah. But, you know, there was, you know, anytime Tony would show up at them tracks, he would do autographs. And he wouldn't leave until every fan got their autograph. And to me, that says, that says more about him being at his hometown track then i'm just here to get a win you know that that win ain't gonna make or break tony stewart right but i've got a couple stories on yeah. that but <laughs> we'll save that for another time <laughs> but you know i i just i'm not gonna cheer for him just because they're a nascar driver or because you know like if right and that's kind of what i'm saying just because he's a nascar no. driver doesn't mean i'm gonna root for him to yeah, win absolutely if it's one of my guys that are showing up you know, I, I'm obviously going to pull for him. Yeah. But just because it's a NASCAR driver, I'm not going to pull for him. Yeah. You know. And that's, that's, that's kind of what like I was getting. Corey LaJoy, you know, if he showed up at Brownstown, would you pull for him? Maybe. I don't I mean, know. He, he's Probably not, not. He's not one of them that's casting checks every I'm gonna week root at for NASCAR. Him. I'm going to root for him. I don't want him to win because I don't want him to take money from one of these local guys that then, are here every then week. Then they should beat him. They should be well. They should, <laughs> but you know, if if he gets up there towards the front, I don't want to see him win. I want to see him do good. I want to see everything be safe. But at the same time, I'll root for Corey LaJoy on Sunday. Probably not going to root for him on Saturday right. night. But I mean, I can, I can, I can see myself being on the track with a professional like that. And if it's if it's one I don't like. I'm probably going to be harder on them if I get the opportunity mm-hmm. than I would if it was somebody I did like. But if if I got the opportunity to race with Harvick or Blaney or Briscoe or Stewart, for that matter, as much respect as you have for them NASCAR drivers that you look up to, if they beat me fair and square, I'm going to get out of my car and shake their hand. You know? Yeah. It's my job. And now it's my job to get 51 checks a year, not 52, because they just took it from me, you yeah. know? <laughs> right. I can see that point. Got a, I got a few I got a few Tony Stewart stories for you, I know you <laughs> when do. we get to the offseason. <laughs> and and I, I rooted for Tony back then. I, I'd still root for the guy now. I like the guy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, yeah. Huge fan of the show. But I, I've, I've seen a couple things out of him that I wasn't too happy well, with. Well, I mean... but. I still, even even then, I wasn't happy in that moment, but I still 
pulled for the guy on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know. But to say just because Kyle Larson is in a Chevy doesn't mean I'm going to pull for him every time I see him on the track. Right. You know what I mean? I'm 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 going to root for the local guys. When when the NASCAR guy comes to the local guys setting, I'm going to pull for the local guy. Yeah, I I'd rather like to, than I would like to see the local guy. guys beat these professionals as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm not I'm not saying that by any means. I want to see these local guys do it. Shoot your shot. <clears throat> right. And a but lot of them if, do. If you're yeah. going to take your shot at the king, you better not miss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's how I look at it. You know, is if I'm a if I'm a NASCAR driver and I show up to these small town short tracks, I'm not taking it easy on you because oh, no. I, I think you deserve. And they know everybody's to, gunning for them, right? You know, right? There's a target on them guys. Yeah, I, they're going out there to beat the professional. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly how I'm going to look at it: is shoot your shot because. Just like I said, if you're going to shoot at the king, you better not miss. You yeah. know, beat me if you can beat me. And I will say... I'll just, race you clean until you... As long as you race me clean. Right. You know. And just as a side note, I've seen a lot of good late model drivers come through Brownstown. Yeah. But for some reason, some and best. I don't know why, when Tony Stewart was there in a late model, he looked so much faster than everybody else. It's just, I don't know what he was doing, whether it was he was so smooth... Or what, but he just looked way faster. Even if he wasn't winning the race, he just looked so much faster. He flows like smoke. It's like, it's like that car had a rocket on it, man. Yeah. It's like He flows like smoke. So, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he was definitely a badass, still is. But um, So let's talk about this playoffs. What do you think? I've got written down here. What do you think each guy needs to do, besides just winning? What does each guy need to do to get to the next stage and we don't have to go through everybody i mean byron's he's automatically in the next stage right right hamlin is sitting right behind him with 37 points to the good i think even if he just rides there he's going to be all right what they got to do and this goes for everybody on the list but especially the four that are under right now Mm -hmm. and i'm going to say the four that are above the cutoff line right now them eight those eight have to watch their penalties Last year and this year has been completely ate up with these professionals making rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and well, you seen it with Blaney last week getting a speeding penalty on pit road. He he could have won that race. Yeah. If that wouldn't have happened. Right. You know, let's just call it what it is. He definitely wouldn't have been back there when he wrecked out. Exactly. You know, he, he he shot himself in the foot. But that's not just. That's just not the. The mid-year guys either. That's not the Blaney's and the Chase Elliott's and stuff like that. That are. It's not only them making mistakes. It's by far more the veterans making them than it is the the newer guys. You know, you're seeing Truex and Hamlin and them guys make these mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. lug mistakes, speeding mistakes. I mean, just stupid shit that these guys know better than to do. Right. It's it's about the basics, and that's what the the those eight drivers really need to focus on getting back to the basics on these next few races. Well, we've got Talladega and Roval and the Roval coming up. What does Larson, who is two points above the cutoff line right now, he doesn't very he doesn't do well at these super speedways. No. He's got the speed, he just always gets caught well, up in I something. Mean, Larson's two above the cutoff and Bubba's two below. Mm-hmm. Bubba is most successful at these super speedways. Right. So, 
I think what Larson needs to do, if if I'm Kyle Larson, if I'm Kyle Larson's team, I'm going to try to qualify somewhere near the back. Just putting it out there. I'm going to try to qualify somewhere near the back. I'm going to try to ride it out. Let all this bullshit take place that we know is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not happen until the second to last lap for all we know. But if I'm, if I'm Rick Hendrick, I'm going to say... You guys try to try to qualify, all four of you, try to qualify somewhere near the back. I'm not worried about getting a pole award. I'm not worried about none of that. But I want, I mean, you got Bowman and Elliott that's not in the chase. Then you got Byron and Larson, who Byron's already in the next round. Larson has, this is probably going to be his toughest round. Yeah, he was looking good until Texas. Right. Yeah. And he was looking good at Texas until shit hit the wall. You know, right. so I mean, it's a he 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 could have won Texas in my eyes if not been for the same oh, yeah. the same issue a lot of the other great drivers were having. You know, it wasn't something he did, but what I think needs to happen is these teams, whether it be Stuart Haas or Hendrick or Penske or or Roush, Fenway, Kozlowski, they need to group. I can see them all having the same plan. They can't all qualify to the back. Somebody's going to be in the front. So, but what I'm going to tell my guys is try to qualify close to the same speed, same time. Try to get yourself in the area of one another, preferably towards the back. So you want, as an owner, you want them playing as a team. Absolutely. Make make this a team game all the way to the end. Absolutely. Just because that's the only way you can win this race. Might not be a bad idea. You know, you that, know? that would be yeah. my that would be my strategy going into this thing would be I need you three think, or you four, however many you know, like Penske's got three cars. Cendric, yeah. Blaney, Lagano. I'm gonna try to tell my guys uh, you don't have to be bumper to bumper, but try to get in the same area qualifying, preferably towards the back. And you you can team up from there. Yeah. And that's what's going to have to happen. But I'm going to try to choose to be towards the back and wait for this, wait for the shit to hit the wall and miss it because I'm in the back. You either, you're, you're either going to have to put all four all four cars in first, second, third, fourth, or you're going to have to put them all four somewhere in the back. You don't want to be, you don't want to be third row to twelfth row. To okay. me, yeah. You don't. You you want to be out of that because when they start to develop it, you're going to have the two lines starting out. You're going to have the two trains starting out. Then that third line is going to develop. You don't want to be. To me, I don't want my team in that third row to twelfth, thirteenth row when that third line starts to take form. Yeah, I think that's probably the best strategy to go as far as played as a team because everybody. In all 12 of these, except for one, has a good team around them to help them get there. That one is Kyle Busch right, right now. Just because, I mean, he's in there. He's He's got a teammate, but... He's got Chevys out there. He's got Chevys out there. But he don't have a teammate out there. Right, he don't have an RCR teammate. I mean, he does, but it's iffy, you know. Um, but, but that's what I'm going to tell... That's what I'm going to tell Larson. And these teams also... 
you know, like Byron and Larson, they're both they're both fighting for a championship. You've got two other teammates that, yeah, they want to win, but those two, if I'm Rick Hendricks, I'm going to say, Bowman, Elliot, your job is to make sure Byron and Larson get to the front. Get to the front. Stay behind them the whole I don't, time. I don't care if you're behind them or in front of them. You can win the race as long as Larson's right on your tail. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, that's exactly what I'm going to tell my guys is I don't care if he's pushing you or you're pushing him, but your job is you don't leave him. Right. You know, he can leave you, but you better not leave him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, Chase Elliott can handle them rules? I would like to think he could, but I don't know. I'd like to sit down with Chase Elliott. I'd like to sit down and have a conversation with him. See and what's going it would head. be it'd be a hundred percent respectful. Right. You know. And you know, I, I get I, I beat on him a lot, I know, but I give the guy props. He wouldn't be there if he wasn't worthy of being there. And we've seen what he could do the last seven seasons. Mm-hmm. He's he's a he's a winner, he's a champion. The dude has he's got it. But whatever he's got going on this year Yeah, can can do you think he can put his pride to the side and push a Byron or a Larson to a Talladega win? I mean, if you can't put it aside for Larson, who can you put it aside for? Well, you know what I'm saying. I he's, think, he's to me, he's probably the best driver on the track right now. Larson? Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Him, him, and Kyle Busch. Mm-hmm. I think. But when you look at statistics, who's the best driver on the track? His other teammate, William Byron. Right. And I think Chase Elliott could probably push Byron to a win. I just don't know if his pride will let him push Larson to a win. And that's because even though Byron has more wins than anybody this year, I think he sees, I think there's some, there's some behind the, behind the scenes drama with Elliott and Larson. It's not really drama. I think it's, they're both, they both egos. know they're good. Yes, they're, it's Two egos. egos. They both know they're good. They both know they're in the best garage available. And here, they both here. know, they both think they are the top dog in that garage. Okay, so if Kyle Larson, if you, and, if you and Chase Elliott are listening, listen to me. There's room for both of you. Period. You know? I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And if if Rick and Jeff had any words of wisdom for all four of those drivers in his garage, that would be the words that, that, that they would need to reiterate is we've got room for all of you. Mm-hmm. There is no, I mean, we're all four big dogs. There is no two big dogs, two little dogs. There's none of that shit in that garage. Right. You know, if you get pulled into the Hendrick stable, you're doing all right. You're a big dog. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing okay. Yeah. You know, so it's a, <laughs> And it's not just because of what they make, you know, but Rick isn't going to accept a mid-carter. He's right. not going to accept. Well, Rick's going to take the best talent and give them the best opportunity. Right. What they do with that is what they do with it. Right. You know. And that's somebody, Rick loves the sport. Rick is a NASCAR fan. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's He wants this sport to keep going and be bigger than what it is every right. year. And he's he's going to. He's going to get those performers. Yeah. You know, just like Richard Childress did. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, him and Kyle Busch had, had issues years and years ago. But when he came available, he put that bullshit aside and he brought the king in. 
you know, well, I won't say the king because we all know who the king is, but right. but he brought in the big dog, mm-hmm. you know. Best talent available right. at the time. But, I mean, and we discussed it even, even when it was when it was happening. I think Richard did it. For one, he got a huge fish. And two, he got a huge fish that can teach his grandson something. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's the kind of guys that Rick is going to hold on to. He's going to hold on to the Larson. The Elliot, the Byron, maybe the Bowman. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see what he does next year. Right. But because 10 years from now, when the next, next group of Hendrick drivers is coming in, who you want to teach them? You want Larson, you want Elliot, you want Byron teaching them guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Do you think... I don't know. I wanted to pose the question of who's, who do you think's going to be the next four out? But I think it's a little bit early. I don't know. Well, well, it's uh, not really early. No, but I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do that on the. It's tough on to the, call on the bubble it, either. Yeah, you know. So I'm going to say, next four out will be Truex, Chastain, Bubba, and Blaney. I'm thinking it's probably going to be Truex. Bush, and I hate to say that, Blaney, and I'm going to say Bubba, just because I think, hold on, yeah, Bush, Blaney, Bubba, and Truex, okay, um, just because I think Bubba's going to try too hard at Talladega, I mean, the results show he's he should be towards the front, he's going to have the speed to be towards the front. And these are the tracks that he does best at. But I think he's going to try a little bit too hard to win the race and not just settle for a third or a fourth place that would probably do pretty good to lock him in to the next round. But the Roval's not going to do him any favors. No. You know, so I think he's going to try too hard at Talladega and the Roval is going to screw him. That's why I didn't put Bush in my four out because he's got to win at Talladega. He won there in the spring. Right, he got a few wins. So, but he was the last winner there in the spring. Yeah. So that that don't mean shit, honestly. It well, really don't. I think a Daytona or Talladega winner is just it's it's a lot of luck. It is you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you got to have the equipment. You got to be able to know how to listen to your car to say. You got to have a gut instinct. And you got to be able to listen to your car, and you got to have good equipment when you show up. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean is like. Denny Hamlin, he is very good at listening to his gut. He's got the equipment, but he never seems to pan out very well. So you can throw out what I just said too, if you want to. But when you're, when you're going around a 2.66 mile track at over 200 miles an hour and you feel something on lap 50 that you didn't feel on lap 30, yeah, it might be might be tire wear, but you know you, those drivers have to know when something isn't right in their car. Just like he was talking about Kyle at Texas, he knew something was wrong in the right front. He didn't know what, but he knew something was. So, going back to Denny Hamlin, we've seen him on these super speedways that he'll be running up front or there in the middle, and you'll just see him start falling back. When somebody gets out of the train, they just they just go. Mm-hmm. 
and you'll hear him every time come over the radio. I had to get out of there. Had to get out of there because he knows something. Something's about to happen. Oh yeah. And you can't teach that. That's from 15 years on the track. You know. So I think I think these. That's what the, that's what it's going to take to win this is a lot of luck, like you said. But these guys have to listen to their car and they have to listen to their gut. Oh yeah. And I used to not like Denny Hamlin's strategy of fall back to the back and ride but it works for him you know what i mean but for us we see it as like he got scared yeah because you know (laughs) that's how we see it you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes it is because we've never been in that position you know what i'm saying i'm not i'm not yeah of course i'm gonna be like fuck no i wouldn't get scared you know that'd be awesome right but we've also never been there yeah so for him, it's like a, it's a chess move. Right. For him, or choosing his battle. Right. You know? Maybe it's his anxiety going up, and it's not his gut. Maybe it's just his anxiety, and he can't focus the way he needs to focus. So he's going back. Yeah. But that's what he's. That's what he's pushing it to is. Got a feeling something's about to happen. You know. And I, but, I respect that. Right. You know. So. I, I agree with all that. Um, do you think Reddick can do anything at Talladega? I think he can because he's he, he's he's got a great. Well, I mean, I won't say that he's got he's got some really fast Toyota. He's a fast Toyota, mm-hmm. but he's got other fast Toyotas with him, and they've proven that they can hold their own on these tracks. You know, when they line up together, they they can they can do their shit. You know. Uh, I think Reddick is. I think he's got that race car driver mentality. You know, he 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 knows. I think his gut instinct is pretty damn good. When to race and when to not. Right. You I know, you. he he's not going to race somebody for the win on lap one hundred. Right. You know, when we're going two hundred laps. You know. Yeah, and I think Reddick's going to be all right. Just for what you said, he's going to be in a fast Toyota. He's smart. I think he's going to survive Talladega, and he's a pretty good road course driver. And that's so a perfect word. Right. You have to be able to survive it. You yes. know, you don't have to. You don't have to be the fastest car. You don't have to have the best team. Survive yeah. it until thirty to go, twenty-five right. to go, something like that, and Four then, to go. And then, <laughs> then give it hell. Well, it depends on where you're at. You know, right. I mean, if you're running in the top, top ten. Yeah, four to go. But if you're running in the back, you do a Denny Hamlin, and you're waiting, waiting, and waiting. We've seen Talladega so many times when there's ten laps to go, and they, they still do three cautions in those ten laps. Right. You know, you know you three restarts, know. Mm-hmm. and it takes two just to get up to speed. So, I think I think Reddick's going to be all right. Kyle Busch, he's the big question mark, and I, I just I don't think he's going to make it just because of the luck that he's been having lately. Yeah, he did very good at the early part of the season. He had a point to prove. Well, I think he. I think he'll do. I think Kyle Busch will do excellent. I think you'll see him in the top five finish at the Roval. He could. I do. I, could. I can see him doing. That. I mean, I could. I could see him winning either one of these two races. Maybe even both. Right. I don't. I don't really see it happening. With, but it with Talladega, it's just a matter of can he survive yes. the the big one or the two big ones. And he's got that experience, just like a Denny Hamlin. He's been out there for so many years. He can. He can see it coming, yeah. you know. He he's got that feeling, but um, and and at Daytona, it, had it been Daytona five hundred, he would have won. Had it been the Daytona 
503 that we got, he didn't win, you right. know, or whatever it was, whatever the situation. But, but yeah, I see, I, I, I think Busher and Brad Kozlowski, are gonna, I think they're going to survive this. I think they're going to come out great at Talladega. Mm-hmm. And I think they will both do okay at the Roval. I can see them doing better at Talladega than the Roval. Yeah. I see them maybe getting a ninth to 12th area at the Roval. At Talladega, I see them getting top four. You know? Both of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> I do, too. But, but, you know, I also, I think Bubba's got a chance at this Talladega race, just like the other 38 drivers do. But... Well, it always, he always the Roval's seems, what's going to take him out. Yeah, yeah, he's got a, he needs to survive. He's got a fast Toyota. He needs to just stay up front. Don't get too aggressive. Just take what it gives you. You know, I mean, Talladega and Daytona has always been pretty good to him. He knows how to handle those tracks. He needs to just be patient. Just let the cards fall where they may, and then survive the Roval. And I think it's kind of backwards for. Well, not really backwards for Reddick. He just needs to stay towards the front at Talladega and then let his skills shine at the Roval because he's he's, he's more of a road course guy, you know. So yeah. I think he can he might win a, that this race. This is a hybrid track. They're mm-hmm. fast on the ovals. I mean, half this race is on an oval, mm-hmm. you know, at Charlotte. So, and he's he's a top five road course driver out there right now. Yeah, you know. So I mean, he's got a pretty good handle on charlotte i feel like and i think that's what we agree on now i think we're just like how i mentioned on my strategy for talladega it's going to be complete opposite for my strategy on the bubble race at charlotte roval is i'm going to tell my guys you go out there and get that fucking pole yeah all of you go after it because on these road courses and i know it's not 100 percent road course but it's always that group, just like Talladega, it's always that group in the middle. Especially in the middle, but also the back. That the accordion effect happens. When these cars in the first four four rows go through the road course to start. It's an accordion effect rest of the way back. From the last car to like row five or six. Everybody starts bunching up going three four wide smacking into each other now now your car's fucked up right and half this track is on charlotte motor speedway on the road on the oval mm-hmm. you know so there you go you done fucked your car up you ain't gonna you might finish the race but you're not gonna finish up front right so and we're bringing the uh the stage the, cautions the backs for the roval yeah. um which we discussed that a few weeks ago but uh, i think the ones that i'm really going to be watching for this this round, both at Talladega and the Roval, is going to be Truex, Larson. I want to say I'm going to be watching Bush, but I don't have a whole lot of, of hope for him. And I that's okay. That's I, okay. I, I, I mean, think he's going to pull out. And I think he's going to pull out of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to make a joke when he said that. I think you're going to see Bubba fall. You're going to see Bush successful. And, and if Bush falls out... Of the playoffs right now, at this stage, that's fine. I mean, this is you got to look at it. He had a yes, great year. He's been he's been racing for years and years and years. Yes, but this is his first year with RCR. He's building the team. 
they are building. He's got what more. He's got. got more wins this season than RCR's got in the last four. Right. But to to expect them to win a championship is a little bit high. It's a little bit um, a little bit much for his first year at the organization. No, I think he came. You got I think it. he showed up. I on, think. I think he showed up day one at RCR's yeah, garage. I think he came in here like open the championship, motherfuckers. I think that's exactly what he did. He come in. He opened up the doors. Uh, I and think he kicked walked him in open. like Ric Flair. Huh? Oh yeah, he could have. I hope he did. Yeah, you know. But if he goes out in the round of twelve, by a realistic standpoint, in my opinion, a realistic standpoint, if he goes out here, that's okay. He made the playoffs. And they're building the team. Okay. Now the team has to. You got to look at it this way: the team has to get used to him, right? Because they right. they were used to Reddick. This is a totally different person. And then he has to get used to this team because he's been with JGR for what fifteen years, right? But but yeah, let's take the team aspect out of it, which it takes a team to win a championship, mm-hmm. no doubt. But put let's say put your put yourself in Kyle Bush mode right now. In your head, you're Kyle Bush. Yeah. In my head, I could win the championship every year if okay. I'm Kyle Bush. Right. That's the way. And I'm. he could. Yeah, he could. Skill wise, yes. So, are you are you telling yourself? I made it to the round of twelve. I'm okay with that. No. How you think you walked into RCR? I like you said. I hope he kicked in the doors and walked in there like Ric Flair. Yep. But um, and probably gave. Austin a stone cold stunner. And, he should and have. when he yeah. woke up he said, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna work with some mustache. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I think and and you know, I mean, you're getting older in life just like I am. I think back in our younger days, yes, if we was to do something very competitive, we expect to win right off the bat in a team sport. Whereas the older us knows that it's it's gonna take a little bit of time. It's gonna take just because I'm the best in the world doesn't mean I'm going to go in there and, and win because we have it's a team sport. We have to get these guys. Even though my skill can get us to the front, the the pit crew right. needs some work or the guys in the garage need a little work, yeah. whatever the case may be. we got to get all of these guys on the same page. And on day one, he might know, hey, this is going to take some work. It's going to take some time. It didn't take, it didn't take no... I mean, if but you, that was if, for one if race. You, if you can, if you can win week two and week six and week seven, why can't you win? If you, I mean, your team didn't have your team had less time then, because maybe he needed to add to their notebook. Right. So, so why? You know what I mean. So why would it be an issue now? You know, do I need because to take some they shit have, out of your notebook? It takes some adaptation, both on his part to adapt to them, so they can become a winning team and on the team's part to adapt to him so they can mesh right now. I mean, it's like same with Brad and going to Roush. Yes. Right. You know, in that first year it was yeah, disaster. Shit, yeah. yeah. It was disaster. It wasn't any worse, but they were but... learning as they went and now look at them. Right. And I say here within the next year or two, it depends on how many more years Kyle Bush has left in him. Kyle Bush could be in the same situation that Chris Busher or Brad K is in as far as think, being with a new team and taking it to the top. I think you'll see something, you know, you mentioned earlier, we mentioned, uh, Kyle made a lot of money this week. Yeah. So he sold Rowdy and, 
Kyle Busch Motorsports. Kyle, Kyle Busch Motorsports to Aspire Racing. The truck team. Right. Yes. Now, you think maybe a relationship developed there to where Kyle Busch gets a down the road, like Brad Kozlowski got some ownership in Roush Fenway? Could have. You, you see something like that maybe popping up? I mean, because I could almost see something like, I hope I'm wrong, but I almost see like Tony Stewart almost not leaving NASCAR, but I can almost say, see him in the next few years if shit don't get right, see him saying, hey, is anybody want to buy my half of Stewart Haas? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Kyle would be great for that, but yeah. I could also see Kyle maybe working into something with Spire here for down the road. It could be. You know, I mean, I was completely surprised when, when I heard that he sold the truck team. I thought, you know, that's that's just one of them business things that you have. Maybe he just didn't have time for it anymore. It's possible. And, and you know, that's what he said in, in his uh, yeah. thing. And, you know, he's, he's family's growing. The kids are getting into racing and all that stuff. So he, he wants to do there and be there. And that's just it. With him when that. you can't give something the attention that it deserves, you need to let it go. But do you have to? It, I think you do. I'm, I'm saying in Kyle Bush's I don't think any spot, of these guys are doing it for the financial gain. If you're Kyle Bush, are you in that truck garage every day? No. No? You Why? Because i got other shit to do. Because you've hired the right people to run that garage, right? Right. So why do you need to be there? So why does he really need to sell it? I mean, I'm I mean, just saying st- from a business... St- it still takes... Yeah, you're not there every day. You might not be there every week, but there's still going to be things that you need to be there for, whether it's monthly or bi-weekly or... Right. You know, anything like that. And if it's just not lining up Even if anymore, you're just popping in the doors just to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. You know? But to me, I think it was a surprise to me just because that's a moneymaker. It's not his main moneymaker. Right. But it's, a, it's another moneymaker that he could have forever. He could give that to the kids or, or whatever down the road. So, I mean, it must have been, and obviously I don't know the details. I don't know how much he sold it for, but it must have been one hell of a price tag to be willing to give that up. Something that you started from the ground up and made it the most successful trucks, truck team of all time yeah. Yeah. and just hand the keys over to someone else. I just, I don't know. To me, if I'm Kyle Bush, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. But I don't know what all he's right. got going on. Our, ki- know, our so. kids are different ages, you know. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mine and yours and his. Right. You know, it's a... I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to have any... He's not going to be hurt. He's not going to have any issues handing the kids what they're going to get. You know what right. I'm saying? It's right. A, but at but the same time, if you have that truck series... It's kind of your baby. You know, yeah. because that's how that's what you, that was your first ownership. You know, it was, mm-hmm. but the price tag, you know, the price tag could have been great too, and maybe it was one of the things where Samantha, Kyle's wife, is wanting to start her own venture on something, and Kyle says, "You know what? You supported me through mine. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to make Booking all cash. this money, right. a lot more than I put in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a great investment, but I'm going to give that up and sell it so that you can." go out on your venture now you know she's she's she does influencer type stuff and and stuff like that but maybe it's a family decision and 
You know, it just be. is what it is. Maybe maybe he's looking at starting an Xfinity team, or maybe he's selling it to put it in the bank to start his own monster team. You know, I mean, could we be. don't know. Yeah, could be. I'm just thinking it was just kind of weird to sell it when, when you've got his son Brexton that's coming up through the ranks. I mean, obviously it's going to take some time before he gets to that point. He won't have any trouble finding a ride. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't you know. Think so. I mean girls hasn't hit this kid's life yet you know i mean it, the young adult stuff that me and you went through as kids it hasn't hit him yet so we don't know i mean he may lose all interest in in racing I, I doubt it but it's possible but you've got a garage that's guaranteed for him as dad you've got a garage guaranteed for him in the best truck in that garage maybe that's what it that is could be I mean, look what happened with Joe and his grandson. You know what I'm saying? True. Maybe it hit home with him so much, like, I don't ever want my son to be in a position where somebody thinks he's going to get a ride because his dad's name is on the car. I don't know. You know I what think, I mean? Yeah, I know he's going. He's going to get there because he's going to earn it. Right. And He's, he, he's going to get there. I mean, even, even Richard, when he signed... Kyle, he said, "Hey, I've I've got a, I've got a car for for Brexton when he gets here." Right. So, I, mean, I mean, he's not. I mean, Joe Biden would put fucking Hunter Biden in a position if he could. You know what I'm saying? Pretty and, sure he already did. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's what air quotes are for. I mean, yeah. You know, in a position, you know, and, mm. and he, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, all dads are going to do that for their kids exactly. if they can. I mean, and he's putting a crackhead in that position, you know, yeah. so. Well, I want to I want to point out a couple things right. before we get into this fantasy stuff. One other, th- a couple other things, real quick. They announced this week that the All Star Race was coming back to North Wilkesboro yep. for next year, and I'm I'm happy for that. I still want to see. I think they're going to repave it before they race on it, which is good. I think that might be the first step to getting a points race back at North Wilkesboro because yeah. I think that's what everybody wants to see. Um, still need to get Rockingham back. Still need to get Rocky in back. I think they're working on that. Yeah, they are. They announced that the Brickyard next year is going to be back on the Oval. I think we all kind of for expected For the anniversary. That. Yes, for the anniversary, which I'm good with that. I wanted to see them back I'm on not, the Oval. I'm not opposed to them to doing one road course and one Oval there. Well, that's what I was you know, thinking. I we, think, we've talked about I that. I think maybe if you do two years on the Oval, two years on the, the road course, and then the back and forth... It kind of keeps it fresh, or maybe do one oval and one road course that's per year. I, that's what I'm saying. Do one per year. Yeah, I'm each, good with that. You know? because the road course at Indy is pretty good. It's exciting. Yeah, you know, it's it's good a good turnout. Race. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, the place will hold how many people? Quarter million. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> that's strong. not too bad. That's pretty good. That's a good little payday. I mean, if if Indy don't sell out, oh well, it's quarter of a million people. You yeah, know? but if they was yeah. close, that's better than. 99% of the tracks around the United States. So. Right. <laughs> you got the facilities, and it will hold two two dates per year yeah. if you want it to. I would probably do that. Yeah. You know, and if, sell, if the ticket, sell the tickets as a package deal. You know, buy one race for $50 or buy two for 75 Then You you know what I'm saying? Then you're yeah. getting people, then you're putting asses in the seats twice a year. Right at a discount, you know. Oh yeah. Come on, man. I mean, I think they should. I mean, it's it's the racetrack in the country. Right. I mean, I know there's some big racetracks out there, but none it's of them are more the hallowed ground of the world. 
it's hallowed ground. Right. I mean, you know? Jeff Gordon's from California. He'll still say he's from Indiana. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Just he moved because, here. Exactly. But where would you rather be from? Indiana or California? I mean, Me? Indiana? <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So we got... No offense to our California listeners. <laughs> I think they know what they're going through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so we've got the All-Star Race. We've got the Brickyard coming back. What else did we have? Anything? Anything? I don't think. No, I think that's about all the news in NASCAR this week, other than Ryan Priest and Briscoe going to... Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. That's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. I hope they do that, yeah. you know, at least once or twice. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about this fantasy stuff before we get... get oh, I remember what I was going to say. I noticed I've got the count here on the big board. Chevy is now at 15... Races one, Toyota's at nine, Ford's still at six. Yeah. And at the bottom of the big board, I've still got your bold prediction that Ford would win five of the ten playoff races. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm still gonna hang <laughs> on to that. You know, I'll never back down. But but they they're not doing me any justice right now. No, I mean we're four races in. Ford ain't won one yet. Right. So Talladega's gonna be the fifth. That's probably gonna be the you think so? one of the best chance. It's well, it's gonna be the. That's the fifth race in the playoffs. Right, but I'm just saying. I think it's a. I think we see a Ford win coming here. I, I do. I hope we do. I do. I see just a Ford win coming. I'm hoping Brad K can do it. I am too. Just because I picked him fantasy standings. Um, it was either him well, or, just or Ryan Blaney. I want to see him get another win. You know, I really do. Well, uh, yeah, me too. And I he's think put he's put the work in. He's pushed Busher. He's put Busher in a good place, and he's pushed him along to a couple of them wins, but. Uh, I want to see him get one of his own now as the owner driver. Yeah. And yeah, and and we know he's great at Talladega. He's got six wins mm-hmm. there. I mean, he's he knows what the hell he's doing. It's just getting that right moment. <clears throat> yeah. And that perfect storm. And yeah. maybe maybe he needs to change that way of thinking a little bit. Maybe he's waiting for that gut instinct to say go now. Maybe he needs to take that moment grab that bull by the horns and do it when he wants to instead of listen to his gut, you know, because something's not working for him because he hasn't won there in a few years. Well, I mean, what was it? A few years ago, he, he would have won that Bubba Wallace race. Rain. The, the rain, the rain delay that yeah, he was had, winning until... There was there was raindrops on everybody's windshield, but <laughs> right. they had to wait until Bubba got in front to call it. Yeah. Know, so. <laughs> so he could have seven there, but with the fantasy stuff, I, I went with Brad Kay. We both um, did. Yeah, both yeah. of us went with Brad K. And there's what one, two, three, four, five, six Brad K's on the board. Probably the most of any pick. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that we only have one Bubba Wallace pick, which yeah. is which is Sam. And Sam. I am really surprised that the number one person on this list did not pick the Bubba Wallace. Well, he I think he's saving him for the last two races of the year. Now that he's now that we know who he's picking for Talladega, I think he's counting on that championship, and he's going to save his number one guy for the last two races. His strategy starting yep. to show now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, and, Bubba, and we're talking and Bubba, about listen, HR listen, Scotty. Bubba Wallace, I don't know if Bubba Wallace listens to this or not, but we mentioned last week that I'm we sure. got to talk to the 23XI crew, mm-hmm. and they were ecstatic that they had a huge fan out there. But... I'm just going to say this. If Bubba's listening to this or Bubba ever gets a chance, because they know about the Ride in the Wall podcast now. Yeah. So maybe he does listen to it, but 
if Bubba's listen to, listening to this, he needs to send his number one fan something yes. to thank him for this. You know what I'm saying? Because Bubba don't have a lot of cheerleaders out there. You're right. He needs to thank the ones he does have. So, I mean, if he could give him a shout-out somehow, I think he ought to do it. I think it would be great for his career. I think it you would. Know? I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I, I never even thought about the H.R. Uh, Scotty saving him for the last two. I guarantee Now that it. you say that, I think that's what he's doing. and He thinks you know, he's going to get a zero and a zero the last two races of the year. He's got it wrapped he's up. He's going to win it. Right. Yeah. See, I never thought about that, that aspect of it. So I think I think you might be right, you know. We had a couple of uh, Eric Jones picks, which kind of surprised me. I don't know why it does. I mean, Eric Jones has been doing pretty good here lately. Well, his last he, he three, does, four, or five races. He does races. pretty good on, I mean, he got eighth at uh, Atlanta, you know, which is a super speedway in a sense. Um, I just never really paid much attention to Eric Jones as far as, uh, you know, I don't know. He just kind of, once he went to Legacy, I just kind of, he's kind of fallen off the, the radar for me you know so i don't really i don't really pay much attention to what he's doing um he just kind of comes out of nowhere and he does really good here and there just, it's, it's a select yeah here and there and i can see why a couple people picked him because he is that guy that you don't hear about all day and then they're in the last 30 laps he's there in he the is. top 10 you yeah. know and that's exactly how it worked out for me at atlanta Right. He's having a shit day. I mean, he wasn't having a shit day. He was progressing one, two cars at a time, slowly. But come time to wave at checker flag, he was in eighth spot. Yeah. So he's been doing really good, especially for a team that don't really have much support because you know they're in their lame duck season. They're going to be in Toyota next year, so they're just kind of. I feel like they're fighting for scraps. Yeah. And but he's doing really good with it. So um, Hunter picked. The Christopher Busher, so we're gonna see what that almanac almanac says. Yep. Um, I'm really surprised that H.R. Scotty picked Joey Logano, though. Well, I mean, Joey's he's one of them drivers that can win anywhere. You know, I mean, he can. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he wins. Right. I mean, he's. I just I didn't really have him on the radar for Talladega. Yeah. You know, there's other tracks that I would definitely think of Joey Logano first or second pick, but. I, I mean, know. it's I just mean, so easy to get, no matter who the driver is or how popular or how talented they are, it's so easy to get caught up in a big one at Talladega that it don't discriminate. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> yeah. it, it really don't. It's so. kind of like Darlington. I mean, if if you if you mess up just a little bit, you're going to know it. Right. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting week. We've got, we've got picks are all over the board, but uh, we've got... One Chase Elliott. We got a couple Stenhouses. We got a few auto picks in there. Yeah, kind of I was surprised by Tyler taking Chase Elliott, but you know, it, again, it just—it's anybody's race. Yeah, so it is. It, I think I think this week at Talladega, it's going to shake a lot of things up. It's going to make for an interesting week for fantasy league between Talladega and Charlotte. Oh yeah. You know, we're going to see some good things happen here. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, Talladega. I mean, it's right there with Daytona. I mean. You, you can't plan for anything. You just 
pull a it's name worse. out of a hat and just hope for the it's best. It's worse for it than Daytona. I think you can predict Daytona more than you can Talladega. Really? Yeah. You think so? Absolutely. Well, we'll find out. I mean, I it's know all Scotty, about qualifying here. HR squad, HR Scotty has been talking some smack yep. to me because I'm still behind him. But you know, I've been I've been talking smack all year. I've kind of I'm trying to lay off the smack talking right now, I, just because I think Carb is kicking me a little bit. Right. But I don't know. We got we got Josh in between us, and I I think I think I'm gonna go back to what I said. Three earlier. different car numbers. Yes. So it's gonna be real interesting for the. I like where I'm sitting. Yeah. I like where I'm sitting. All I need is for Brad K to do what Brad K does. I'm feeling Kicks pretty confident. Nice. That's right. I would I'm I'm pulling for a Ford this week. So But that's really all I've got. You got anything? Anything else to add to this? That's it. No, that's all I got. Well That'll do it for this week, I guess. Yeah. Um hopefully we will we'll be back with some big news. Yeah. I'm um, hopefully I can we can talk about a brad k win at talladega next week but uh yeah but that's it for us this week um be sure to tune in next week when we're talking about whatever we're talking about and if you're going to the races this week wherever it is take somebody new with you keep the sport alive and we'll talk to you next week